I was traveling recently and I found myself in boarding group eight. I don't remember when we started having these boarding groups. I don't really know what the purpose is of these boarding groups because it doesn't ever make sense whether I'm in group three or group five or group 21. It always seems like the plane is full and it's a pain to try and get down the aisle. But somewhere somebody must be doing the math. Either way, on this day, I was group eight, which is the second to last group. And as I'm sitting, standing there in line, waiting to go on board, the announcement comes out that anybody who has roller luggage has to check their bag at the gate. There were a lot of people with roller bags. So this migration of people starts walking over to the gate so that we can check our roller bags. And I waited a little bit before I went down there because just in case they maybe misassessed the situation, I wanted to see if I could sneak mine on. Well, as I saw people continually getting turned away from the gate, because they also were trying to sneak on their bags, I decided to get myself in line and do the right thing and check my bag. I was standing in front of a man, I don't know, middle-aged, average everyday dude, and we're watching as people continue to try to get their bags on board. And he's looking at me and he says how unfair it is that these people keep trying. They need to just get in line and check their bag. And I just kind of smile at him because I, I get it, right? I know what it's like to try to sneak stuff on a plane. Sometimes I get away with it and sometimes I don't. But what caught me was his comment about fairness. Because in the back of my head, I was curious, how do they really know whether or not there's space for these bags? Is there some kind of computer system? Is there some kind of uh, special code that communicates between the plane and the front gate? I doubt it but the front gate was being really strict about this. And then right at the end, right with the final push, as, as a few people finish up checking in their roller bags, these two ladies run up to the gate and they've got their bags. And they're rushing in and they come in and they give them their ticket and the lady at the front gate says, you have to check your bags. And the first lady says, my bag will fit under my seat, I'm fine. And she just goes right past the gate and goes right onto the on ramp. The next lady who also has a bag, the gate, the gate lady says, you have to check your bag. And the lady says, oh no, I, I think it's gonna be fine and if there's no space for it, then I'll just bring it back after we're done. And she gets her thing scanned and she goes right down on the plane. And again, the gentleman beside me is like, that's not fair, why did they get their bags? Well, we get on the plane a few minutes later and lo and behold, there's tons of overhead space, tons of it. There's, I'm certain that somewhere they met a threshold and they had to start telling people to check their bags, but the point was, there was space. At the gate, we were told there was not space and that we had to check our bags. But in reality, there absolutely was space overhead. And the two ladies who rushed through that gate, who didn't follow the rules, the two ladies that the gentleman thought were acting unfair, had plenty of space for their bags. And it makes me wonder, are we really a fair society? Is fairness the objective? And I would argue that fairness is not really what we're going for. What we're going for is freedom. Freedom to make our own decisions. Freedom to do things the way that we wanna do them. Freedom to keep our bags on us if we wanna keep our bags on us or check them if we wanna check them. I would even say that we had the freedom to choose to follow the rules or the freedom to break them. I was using my freedom to check my bag. The gentleman beside me, whether he likes it or not, was also choosing to check his bag. Now, 
In the business world, we look at this in terms of competitive advantage. You don't really want to be fair in the business world. You don't want to be equal to everybody else. And the same thing is true in the world of espionage. If everything was fair, nobody would steal secrets. If everything was fair, we wouldn't be able to capture or kill terrorists and we wouldn't have violent acts that happen in our own border. But in reality, things are not fair. We reward businesses with patents. Patents are just a legal document to something that's unfair. We reward people for outstanding work. We fire people for sub-performance, sub-par work. In both cases, is that fair? People are doing the job, but somebody else is deciding whether or not they do a good job or a bad job. Is that fair? Does it really matter? Fairness is really a filter. Fairness is a filter that filters out those who are compliant and those who are defiant. And whether we like it or not, we live in a world where that defiant person is the one who is more likely to innovate the person who's more likely to create something new, the person who is more likely to do something that nobody else dares to even try to do. That's the person who's rushing through the gate with their luggage, the person who defies the rules right at the point where they're told, oh no, we need you to check your luggage. That's what we're telling everybody. The defiant person doesn't care. The defiant person trucks on. The defiant person knows that there's only two outcomes. They'll either be called out on their defiance and told to become compliant, or they won't. And when they run on that plane, they're gonna find space in the overhead compartment. That space becomes theirs. They just got rewarded for their defiance. No one's correcting them, but they get to keep their bag. Now, why does it all matter? Why does it matter whether or not we choose to have a compliant or a defiant perspective? Well, it matters because every decision that you make feeds into the life that you have. And if you have a life full of compliance, if all of your decisions are compliant decisions, you're just falling in line with everybody else. How are you going to break out of the pattern if you are doing what everybody else is doing? It's not gonna happen, nothing is gonna change. But the people who have the courage to be defiant, those are the people who break the pattern. The people who have an opportunity where nobody else has an opportunity. Going back to that same plane example, at some point, the people on the plane had to make the decision to call the front gate and say there was no more space. When they made that call, it wasn't true. There was absolutely space. But what happened is somewhere in that airplane policy, somewhere in the best practices of stewardesses and, and stewards, they were instructed that when a certain capacity is reached, you have to tell everybody that there's no more space. The fact that there was still space tells me that the policy accounts for the fact that there will always be people who don't obey. If there had been no space, if they had actually waited until everything was full before they called in to the front gate that they had no space, if they would have waited for that moment, then it would have been true, there's no space. And people who would have snuck on board or rushed on board would have had to be turned away. Instead, they had intentionally left space because they knew there would be people who didn't listen. That is the world that we live in. There is space, there is money, there is opportunity, there are jobs for those people who just go for it 
who just defy the odds, who defy the rules. That is how they're rewarded. That is why we pride ourselves as a nation on those defiant few. Look at our history. We used to be a colony of Great Britain until we defied the British. We used to be a country that ran on steam locomotives until somebody defied the steam locomotive and created a diesel engine. We were stuck on fuel, on fossil fuel, until someone defied the conventional thinking and created an electric motor. What is the next innovation that's going to be born out of a defiant thinker? We've all been in a position where we have had to choose whether or not we're going to comply with a rule or defy a rule. And I'm guessing that most of you out there know what it feels like to be torn. Should I obey, shouldn't I obey? What's the risk if I don't listen? What's the reward if I do listen? How awkward is it gonna be when somebody has to correct me later on? Well, my challenge is, what if there is no correction? What if there isn't something on the other side? What if what you're doing through your defiance is actually the right thing? What if it's the better thing? What if it's the best thing? You've got to break the rules to find it. When I was with the agency, we, we traveled the world breaking laws. Now, laws are not the same thing as rules. Laws have a whole structure behind them, a way of, of punishing or reprimanding somebody for defying the law. And I am in no way encouraging you to break the law. But laws do change over time. Look at our Constitution. Our Constitution can be reinterpreted by the judge who's making the decision on a case. The reason that there's so much attention that goes on who the Supreme Court justices are at any given time is because they have the freedom to interpret the law as they see fit. Well, if the law can be interpreted, certainly it is not fixed. It is not firm. It can change. It can be defied. And certainly we have seen that happen. We have seen situations where some part of the law, some piece of legislation or law abiding or, or law dictating code was broken, but the individual was still released, either released on some sort of out of court settlement or released on some sort of technicality, but they were released because laws can be broken just like rules. And we lived in the espionage world in a world of optional laws. Every law except for the law of our home country. Why is that important? It's important because there are a set of governing laws that drive every one of us. Laws that we hold dear because we choose to hold them dear. The difference between a spy and a criminal isn't really very much at all. Both lie for a living, both steal for a living, both hope not to get caught for a living, constantly looking over their shoulder and both live by a set of codes that they believe in. The same is true for every one of you. You have some set of codes, some set of priorities that you hold dear, that drive your decisions and drive your priorities. I'm not asking you to break those. I'm not asking you to break the laws of the land. I am absolutely asking you to break the rules. The rules are meant to capture the lowest cross-section of society, the average of everybody. Rules were made so that people didn't have to think critically, 
They could just obey or disobey. And there are a lot of people who find comfort in rules because they know whether they're doing something right or wrong. They know if they're, if they're crossing a line by following the rules. You're never going to get ahead of your competitor if you're the one following the rules. You have to step out of that flow. You have to be willing to stop being compliant and start being defiant if you're ever going to take the advantage away from your competitor. My name is Andrew Bustamante, and I appreciate your time and your willingness to learn with me here in Everyday Espionage. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Espionage podcast. Remember to review and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And if you took something away from today's conversation, find a friend and share the message.